0: Hey there, and welcome to the Sponsor Talk podcast, where we interview some of the leading minds in the world of sponsorship marketing and discover the various ways in how brands interact with properties within sports, arts, film, music you name it. Today's conversation is with Terrell Schmidt, Global Brand and Customer Experience Officer at TD Bank. Sit back and hope you get as much value out of the conversation as I did. Terrell, welcome. Uh, welcome to the uh, final slot. And as our headliner, we're, we're super excited to have you.
1: Thanks a lot for putting me on behind beer. <laughs> <laughs> really, really tough spot.
0: Uh, I mean, financial services is, is, is exciting as well. So we're excited uh, to have for you. Sure. Um, Thank
1: you very much.
0: So, so firstly, how, I, I believe you're in Chicago. Is that right?
1: I am in Chicago. So uh, based in Toronto, typically, but uh, we came here for St. Patrick's Day and never left. So uh, <laughs> many, many weeks on, I always tell people, I'm like, there are a lot of reasons that might happen, but this was not what we expected. So, uh, but yeah. it's, it's been great. All of our families here. So uh, it's the place to be.
0: Great. And, and everyone is doing okay? Uh, Family wise? Everyone's and...
1: great. Okay, yep, great. Thank you for asking. You as well?
0: Everything is great. Uh, we're just sure. wrapping up this four-day conference, and uh, ex- excited to have this conversation with you. Awesome. So, 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 firstly, I, I mean, what, what excites me about when, when we got you on to, to kind of have this conversation is some of the work that TD is doing in the community, mm-hmm. but also the mission of TD, right? So enriching yep. the lives of customers, communities, colleagues. I, mm-hmm. I find it. Like, I'm really curious on on how you're executing on that purpose or how you're bringing that purpose to life in a time like this.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, I I think um, these days you can't really pick up any publication or, you know, listen to any leader who's not talking to some extent about purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, And the question is, can you deliver on it today um, authentically? So that means, you know, from my perspective, that you need to have been a purpose-driven brand and you need to be acting in a way a purpose-driven brand does. Um, And there are a lot of great ones out there. Um, I would say at TD, purpose is really at the core of what we've done. You articulated uh, beautifully our purpose, which is to enrich the lives of our customers, colleagues, and communities very deliberate, um, you know, to, to put those three stakeholders there. And mm-hmm. I have to say that during um, during this crisis, you know, we, we have had to bring that purpose to life for all three of those stakeholder groups. Um, we know it's important. So, you know, even in a, in a normal time, you know, customers want to do business with companies who share their values, colleagues want to work at a place um, who, you know, is not just Doing well, um, but also is doing good and really making an impact on society, et cetera. And it's just never been, you know, more important than now. And you know, I think uh, the the prior panelists were talking about just, you know, the devastation in certain vulnerable populations and things like that. Um, so, you know, for us, because it's so core to who we are. Um, we were very fortunate in that, you know, when when the crisis hit, we knew where to turn, right? We knew we knew what we needed to deliver, and that was to help our customers, help our colleagues, and to help our communities uh, get through this crisis. And so, um, you know, and, and then you know, the other thing that I would say is that our brand promise in Canada is all around confidence and. You know, it's never felt more relevant, although it's never felt more maybe disrupted. So, a couple of years ago, we uh, developed this new positioning around confidence. And we learned through that there was a statistic, this is in 2017, that 79% of Canadians don't feel confident about their financial future. And so you, you know, you fast forward to today and you can only imagine what that looks like today. So we look at the population and we know that they're financially healthy and they're financially coping and they're financially vulnerable. Um, A big number of customers actually took a step uh, to the right, uh, you know, and, and moving kind of down. And so, you know, for us, it's really about making sure that we are there for each individual customer to meet their personal needs. And um, so just to put a, give it an example, a few weeks ago, we, we launched something, our tagline is Ready For You. Um, and so we launched something called Ready Advice. And that really is about understanding every customer's unique situation, and they are. Segments have never been more important. So, whether that is you know um, helping somebody get immediate payment relief, uh, which we know is super important right now we've uh, we've actually helped in canada given provide that relief to three hundred thousand Canadians thus far, so it tells you how you know big the the challenge is frankly for some people um to providing tips and guidance for other people you know should I be buying a house, should I be selling my house should I be saving more money uh, and then for some people, it's about you know. I'm doing pretty well, and you know the market is quite interesting. So, can you help me with big advice to think about? You know how I invest for tomorrow. So, for us, it's really about being alongside those customers on their journey. It is indeed a journey. I do think that the uh, the definition of confidence looks quite different um, today than it did just eight weeks ago.
0: Totally. I mean, that statistic is is pretty mind blowing in terms of. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Canadians and their confidence in their financial stability and their and their future. So totally. um, I can only imagine that it's, it's a hard time to also give confidence because it's a little bit of an uncomfortable time, mm-hmm. but to see the work that you guys are doing, um, you know, to bring the community up, whether that be the, the community resilience initiative that was recently mm-hmm. launched. Um, you know, I think for anyone that doesn't know, TD recently allocated $25 million to uh, strengthen communities through philanthropies and support. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about, you know, why you're doing that and why the team is doing that and and what that um, hopes to achieve. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, And just to go to the very first part of your question, um, you know, I think for customers uh, it does feel different. And so it is about, helping move, move people one step closer, one step forward. So we're really thinking about what that means. The same is true for our communities. Um, uh, you talked about the community resilience initiative, which I think is brilliant and was stood up, um, in the last couple of weeks to really help provide strategic philanthropy support to those organizations who are really doing good things. Mm-hmm. Um, that effort actually sits under a banner that we call the TV ready commitment and, and, um, Again, you know, it's it's uh, quite prescient now to think about what the ready commitment uh, focuses on: financial security. Vibrant planet, which is, you know, actually a positive of COVID, COVID, I think, um, but better health and uh, connected communities. All of those things are super important. And we know, uh, you know, the the aim of the Ready Commitment is to help everybody feel included in a rapidly changing world. And you know, and we know that um, the vulnerable populations don't always feel included and probably feel more isolated today than they ever did. So by supporting organizations um, who can help uh, in those communities is crucially important. We've also done a couple of other things under that banner, which is um, providing matching grants for TD employees making uh, donations. So it really helps amplify the impact that they're having. Mm -hmm. And then also we have something that we call the Ready Challenge this year. Um, We we set it kind of the year prior and it's to help with innovations Uh, uh, organizations who are really driving innovations in certain areas. So we will in 2020 be announcing that we'll be, um, you know, we'll be seeking to donate or to give uh, grants and in total of $10 million to support uh, pandemic recovery. This year, it's about better health. And, um, you know, so like I said, quite prescient uh, for the times.
0: Mm -hmm. And I mean, you talked about the segmentation of some of the customers and and consumers that you're, you're looking at and and to think of it in that lens to 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 support so many different groups is amazing, but on your team and and within the organization you have people that work on the branch level um, you know coast mm-hmm. to coast um, so many employees so many customers so many different stakeholders you know ha- has your has your approach to communication changed at all like obviously a lot of us are working from home in a way um, yeah. ha- has it changed has it actually are you over-communicating now a little bit more than before?
1: Yeah, you know, I think communication is just such a core leadership principle. And um, so, I, you know, I think some of those leadership principles really, um, you know, you see people really doubling down on them. And you always hear, you know, that you really can't over-communicate. And I think that is 100% true today. Um, what I think is really important, though, is that you're communicating, and we're we're doing this across the board. We're we, you know you're really communicating um, transparently, and you know I'll give an example. This morning, I uh, I had a meeting with my team, and you know, we do 15 minute catch ups, uh, you know, just on a on a regular basis. And so one of the things I you know we were talking about is you know when will we return to work, and um, our HR had. Uh, Put out a communication a couple of weeks ago that I thought was brilliant. He said, everybody's looking for a moment and it probably won't be a moment, but it will be a series of moments that unfold over time. And, Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, I told my team, yep, you know, we are, we're, we're working on it. The enterprise is working on it. We're putting together plans, but I also can't tell you. I don't know the answer to when. Um, And so I think people appreciate that. They appreciate knowing that people are working on it, but they also recognize this is such a unique environment where, um, you know, there aren't always answers. There aren't always clear answers. So, uh, you know, transparency has been key. The other thing that, uh, you know, we've tried to do as well, I think vulnerability is, is key. Sometimes that can be a leadership and communication weakness that can be perceived that way. But um, what's really helped is actually just, um, you know, you have to laugh sometimes, right? Dogs barking, all sorts of things that happen when you're on video conference. And, um, you know, so letting people know that, um, you know, as, as leaders, we all are impacted in some way as well. And just being human, it actually has really opened the dialogue. And it's made people feel comfortable and confident to come forward and be like, you know, you're going through that so am I. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's been super important. Checking in with people um, individually is probably, uh, you know, just critically important because everybody's got a, a different situation that they're navigating.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting that you said some of those qualities um, like vulnerability and empathy. Um, you know, sometimes we, we, when we think of leaders, we don't necessarily always think of those qualities. But I think mm-hmm. one thing this thing has taught us all is that Those qualities are very important leadership traits, and it brings people together, um, especially now.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, and I, and, and we're always, um, you know, I'm sure everybody is doing this, but trying to, you can't always put yourself in somebody's shoes. It's hard for me to imagine, you know, two working parents, three kids at home, schools closed, summer camps yeah. closed, all the things that, you know, people are navigating. And and yet they're trying, you know, in some cases they're working like crazy because they are, you know, rush deadlines and things like that. And so, um you now it's just really important to be empathetic now and to make sure, you know, that you're understanding people's, um, their, their kind of lived reality. And uh, especially when it's going to be a bit prolonged, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's like, you know, June 1st, uh, everybody back to work. We work in a really of tall course. tower in, uh, in Toronto. So can't imagine jumping in a big elevator with a whole bunch of people right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, totally. The elevator situation at um, TD North and South Tower is going to be a little different.
1: Yes. Very. Uh, yeah. Took a long time. Anyway, I can't imagine.
0: So, <laughs> totally. Um, is this is this teaching you anything about communicating with your employees or engaging with them? So, you know, everyone's kind of working remotely. Is there certain things mm-hmm. that work, certain things that don't work, and how are you, you know, trying to bring people together uh, to enjoy that community-oriented feeling that TD offers?
1: Yeah, you know, for sure. I mean, our, our we have a very unique culture, which is built on, um, you know, those connections. One of the three pillars of our employee value proposition is the culture of care. And so, you know, I think we're doing so much. Um, number one is just that over, you know, really making sure we're communicating. At first, people weren't really on video. We had a lot of uh, we had some hiccups. Um, I'm not sure we were fully set up for everybody, you know, all 85,000 employees are roughly going home at, at the same time. Um, so we worked through a lot of that. I think today we see a lot more people on video, but we're also hearing that, peop- that exhausts people that exhaust people and which is really interesting. I've had a lot of people interestingly tell me I'm an extrovert. And so this is especially hard. Some of the introverts are like, you know, it makes me really exhausted by the end of the day, but um, they're enjoying some parts of it. So I think it's, again, it's really, it's super, super um, personal. We're trying to put some routines in place because I think one of the biggest risks is burnout. You know, people aren't used to being um, attached to their iPad and their computer. I'm looking at all of that right in front of me and, um, and their phone, right? We all have all these devices. And so you can be perpetually on. And so, you know, we're doing things like, um, you know, small things. You don't have a break. So, 20, 30 minute meetings are becoming 25 minutes. Um, you know, Google and other companies have done that for a long time. I think that's super important. Um, letting people know that just because one person, you know, answers emails at night or on the weekend doesn't mean that you have to respond, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the same time frame. Uh, we're trying to have no early morning meetings. We're trying to carve out lunch. You have so many parents or people who are caring for elderly parents and they need to get out. Um, A lot of people are actually doing walking meetings, which I love. I was on two meetings today where people are like, sorry, it's really windy out. Um, But I think that's great. I'm in a tall condo and um, I realized this morning, like I didn't get out once yesterday. So Mm -hmm. it's all those kinds of things that really, really just uh, make it a more, um, uh, you know, tenable situation for everybody.
0: Yeah, and I feel like there's there's this blur of personal life and um, professional mm-hmm. life right now, and it's it's actually very refreshing. So you know, Luke on the last call actually had his dog barking during the session. I heard, yeah. Uh, we didn't get any. I babies. saw Matthew's
1: wife go walking by for sure.
0: That's right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, um, it's really interesting to see different elements of the employees we work with, and if anything, it humanizes the people mm-hmm. you're around on a day to day basis. It
1: does. It does. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you just have to, you know, you have to know. I started my meeting this morning going, I'm not going to be on video because I just went for a run. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and hopefully everybody is doing those. You have to make choices yeah. about, you know, how you show up every day and you can show up in so many different ways that work.
0: Yeah, no, it's a great reminder for us all. Um, I'm, I'm actually really curious because I, I know that a lot of my friends that work at TD, they always talk about the digital framework and, and how, mm. you know, digital is such a priority right now. Yeah with with customers going less to branches and you know with obviously everyone working from home has this situation sped mm. up the digital framework that TD has prioritized over the last couple of years
1: Uh in a short answer yes <laughs> Um, It has done, you know, just remarkable things. And, you know, what's really interesting about TD is we have strong digital capabilities that, uh, that, you know, which has been terrific. But at the same time, we have customers. Part of of who TD is is, you know, really about building relationships and and knowing our customers personally. So Mm -hmm. we have a lot of customers who, you know, have only ever... Kind of come into the branch or who you know that that's their dominant channel and so um you know i think this has been a pivot for you know so many reasons for so many people um and so what we've really been focused on is actually getting people uh comfortable and getting them enabled to mm-hmm. um bank from the security of their own homes and we have a we have a huge digital platform so don't get me wrong but there's a core customer base who just they, sometimes they just, and especially in this kind of environment, they just wanted to go out and see the branch manager that they've known for 25 years in Saskatchewan, right? And yeah. so, um, you know, but but what we've been doing is, number one, really making sure that people know how to download the mobile app. And, you know, so we've got tutorials. We, um, we stood up a landing page. Uh, that we call the COVID, you know, COVID landing page, and um, we've had several million unique visitors in the last eight weeks to that oh. landing page. And mm-hmm. what we've done is actually we put self-service capabilities, so things like relief programs, where there was a bit of a rush, you know, to to actually apply for those programs. Um, we actually allow, we we stood up digital forms. And so, you know, things that would have taken us a long time before we've actually just uh, because they may not have been the highest priority, but we've made massive, massive strides. Um, we've seen, you know, hundreds of thousands of new customers downloading our app and, um, we're really helping people understand what all you can do with that app. So, um, you know, for, for those who aren't quite as digitally savvy. So, uh, it's really interesting, I think the the big question is what is the sustained behavior what what mm-hmm. is channel you know usage? We're already seeing obviously a shift to digital um, and uh, but I think the question is sustainability. what do people do and mm-hmm. it was interesting. I was on a uh, I, I was talking to one of the consulting firms the other day and they were talking about this being an on off on off kind of scenario they they predict over the next twelve to eighteen months. And, um, you know, the longer that goes, I think, you know, habits really form. And uh, so we already are seeing in some, you know, statistics that uh, 40% of consumers actually plan to go back to their channel of choice and what they used to do. But that means 60% aren't. So I think people are really, um, you know, they're really figuring out uh, how to to do things differently. We all are.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting to see what sustainable um, consumer habits are going to be down the road. Mm -hmm. I know for my dad, he's personally, uh, learned recently how to, you know, um, do online banking and like, he's, he's, I don't think he's going to go back now that he realized how easy it is. So, um, totally. it's interesting to see the habits that might change for some people, Mm -hmm. but then for others, um, they'll go back to their, their preferred method.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, I mean, obviously you're ending off a sponsorship conference Um, Mm -hmm. in a way that's been a topic of conversation for for a lot of it, but um, we wanted to make sure we talked about a lot of things that you're doing, but also touched upon, you know, some things around how partnerships are contributing to TD's overall goals. So I know you're a major partner of the Jays or the Canucks, Um, you know, how how important are those partnerships? And it doesn't have to be sports only, but Mm -hmm. in building community initiatives that TD is really leaning into.
1: Yeah, you know, absolutely. I was really struck by uh, the last conversation about, you know, People coming together in big groups and what that means. Um, TD, we have been longstanding part uh, sponsors of uh, predominantly um, sports and music properties, and uh, we do that because it really helps us live our purpose around enriching lives. And we believe that bringing people together and connecting communities actually is a core part of that, as well as you know engaging with our customers in ways that go beyond you know products and services. So we. Find you know sponsorship is a really key part of our overall marketing mix um, and so yeah whether it, you know whether it's sports whether it's music uh, we've got we've got some of the best of the best you named you know the jays the canucks um, uh, the jazz festivals we sponsor over 80 different festivals around canada uh, with toronto and montreal jazz being key the juno's um, and uh, the CCMAs, which I'll talk about in a minute. But um, all of those organizations were, you know, firstly, we have very great partners. And so they're, we're all trying to figure out what does the new reality, at least for this year, look like, um, because it's unlikely that we are going to see, you know, a return to big gatherings in the short term. So, we're working hand in glove with those partners to find ways that you know we can continue to connect with communities just a you know a couple of examples because a lot of these organizations are thinking about what they can do as well to make a difference in the community and and really to support those um, in need um in the community so great example uh we're a partner of the uh, ccmas which is the canadian um, country music association uh, awards and um so we do that uh, you know on in september that usually happens and so they came together with et canada spotify and others and put together a five-day um, in concert series where they brought, you know, 20 of uh, Canada's best ca- um, country music artists. And it was in support of two really important organizations. One was Food Bank Canada. The other was um, the Unison Benevolent Fund, which interestingly supports musicians and supports the music industry. And you think about just, you know, um, that industry has been a really hard hit. Um, not only the musicians, but all of the people who work around those um, musicians and, you know, whether it's a concert or it's a festival or those types of things, they're really important, um, you know, parts of the community. And so we worked with them not only to be presenting sponsor, but also to make a a donation to that and to encourage others to do the same. So they're great. Um, You know, they, our partners are all community minded. Um, Mm -hmm. We look for partners who have like values. And so we really tap into that.
0: Yeah, and and I really love how the, the lens of thinking switched, right? So like obviously the CCMA's is a big partner, mm-hmm. um, but there's also virtual components that can bring the community together and and, totally. and just just kind of take a different approach to using that partnership in a way to empower change, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Tara, what we've been doing with this series is actually kind of bringing it back to the end of the conversation around career advice. So we'd love to know know, um, if you were a young professional at the start of your career, is there anything you would kind of tell yourself um, right now? Is there any piece of advice you would give yourself back then when you first started?
1: Oh yeah, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) I think uh, the longer your career goes on, you go, oh, that would have been good to know. Really useful to know 20 years ago. Um, So, you know, I would say a couple for me. Um, One is, you know, don't sweat the small things. Um, You know, I think part of, uh, you know, part of kind of working and everything, you know, is is you do make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Um, Or, you know, small things happen. You send an email to somebody you didn't mean to send it to. All those kinds of things happen all the time. And, you know, I I would say I've I've gotten better um, probably over the last five Five to seven years of this, but I used to really worry about those kinds of things. And um, I loved that tip, or I love the tip that says, you know, take a penny for every worry that you have during a week or a month, put it in the jar. And at the end of the week or the end of the month, take the penny out and try to remember what you lost sleep over or you were worried about at the time, um, which I think is so true because typically, things pass. Right. And, um, I think if you don't learn from your mistakes, that's a whole different thing, but, uh, so many of us really sweat the small things and, um, and, uh, you know, probably, uh, you know, don't have to. So I think that would certainly be one. Um, I, you know, I would say probably the other really big for me is big thing for me is, um, it, and, and this comes to culture and the kind of organizations that you choose uh, to work for. But, you know, I think um, especially early in your career, you're really focused on the what. You're building your capabilities. You're building your skills. You're building, you know, who you are going to be, what your brand is going to be um, as a leader, et cetera. And so we all focus a lot on the what. Um, the, the more I've, um, you know, the kind of the longer in my career is it's, it's also very much about the how and you know how you do what you do how you make people feel all those kinds of things so i think you know for me i've i've had a great luck working for four really good organizations where culture, uh, you know, uh, people working collaboratively, all those things that are that are my values actually are, we're just part of who those companies are and TD is very, very much that way. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I would always uh, urge people to really think about, you know, what kind of culture do they thrive in and then, you know, really focus on not only the what they deliver, but how they deliver it. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, that's really, really important. And then just find something you love, uh, that, you know, I, I never, I always love that saying, you know, find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I think it's so true. I have to say that is my job today, um, I'm really, you know, really, really blessed to work, uh, for a company with purpose for a company, you know, where I have a lot of fun with sponsorships and great partners and brands and so many, uh, phenomenal things
0: hmm I mean, I mean, that's great, for, great advice for anyone uh, navigating their career now or, you know, at the later stages of their mm-hmm. career. I think this is uh, follow follow passion points that you have. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, don't sweat the small stuff because we all make mistakes and we all learn from them. Absolutely. Terrell, this was a great conversation. I, I really appreciate you closing the conference off. And, and we're uh, excited to announce that we, uh, we've we met our $11,000 goal to support um, Feeding oh, America. that's amazing. And uh, Second Harvest. Yeah. Thank you Terrific. so much.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Have Thank a great day. Thanks, you too.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. Make sure to follow us at Talk on Twitter and at the Sponsorship Space on LinkedIn and join our community if you're interested in learning more. Thanks and have a great day.